time for the final word. J.C. Sherbert here with you inside the Gamecocks podcast, bringing you the breakdown and prediction of Saturday's game, South Carolina at Tennessee. Gamecocks have another big one right here, and I think uh, when you look at the month of October heading into this season, this was always going to be a big one. Uh, Both teams have losing records coming into the football game. Uh, both teams are going to be trying to kind of salvage things, get things in the right directions. Tennessee's got a little bit tougher road to hoe, although they're done playing the Georgias and Alabamas that they normally play in Florida. Uh, Gamecocks, this is kind of um, the end of a three-game stretch that you know I thought was probably the toughest part of the schedule heading into the season with uh, Georgia, Florida, and at Tennessee. Two of those three games, of course, on the road. Gamecocks shocked Georgia, but then lost to Florida at home. And then uh, they got the Vols. Uh, this series is very, very interesting, and I've said it multiple times, said it on the Big Spur in my article today. It's always an important game when South Carolina plays the University of Tennessee. If you look at the history between the two programs, the recruiting footprint, the fact they're in the same division, the fact that you know their downfall has sort of coincided with the gradual rise of South Carolina. And I say gradual because I, I know some of you folks want to go back to the 11-2s and twos every year and the Steve Spurrier era and the height of the program. But, you know, things quite hadn't, hadn't quite gotten there yet under Will Muschamp. But at the same time, it's much better than it was in the 1990s when you had Brad Scott calling the game a measuring stick. Game would go out and get beat by anywhere from 9 to 17 points, sometimes worse. <laughs> and they would have a bunch of South Carolina football players uh, on their roster and uh, beat the Gamecocks each and every year. And uh, I think the Gamecocks, over time, have not only gotten to themselves to the point where a bowl game is expected just about every year, a winning season is expected just about every year, and it used to not be that way, but that, you know, South Carolina is able to keep Tennessee out of its state. And you got to include Clemson in that, too. Um, you know, Clemson lost guys like Sean Ellis to Tennessee and recruited all those guys just like uh, the Vols did back in the day. But, um, you know, the Gamecocks have done a good job of that. And so it's no coincidence that when you're not losing the top players out of your state that you have a chance. And um, on top of that, when you flip it around, as Tony and I discussed earlier this week, South Carolina is now going into Tennessee and landing players. you got guys like Reggie Grimes, who you're in on, Joe Anderson's on the roster. Maxi Yama uh, is a player that obviously was medically disqualified, but another good player out of Tennessee that the Gamecocks have gotten. Carolina's been good in Memphis. Kevion Mullins is a guy that they got. You know, Bobby Bentley, South Carolina's tight ends coach, has done a great job recruiting up there. And you you look at these recruiting updates uh, that Tony does every day on the site, and you see a lot of 2021s, 2022s from that state getting offered by the Gamecocks. And I think, you know, that state, when you look at it from a talent standpoint, and, and this is this should be good news for the Vols. This, 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 this should have – when Butch Jones landed a couple of top ten classes – that were heavily on heavy on in-state guys and also guys that were, you know, Tennessee legacies like Khalil McKenzie and uh, the Bates kid out of Florida. That should have been meant that their program got back. That should have meant that they're back in contention for the East. That should have kind of been a renaissance, so to speak, because 
uh, unlike how Tennessee normally had to do in the past, which is go raid other states for talent, they had it right there. They had it teed up for them. For some reason, it just did not work, and it ended up with Butch Jones going winless uh, in the SEC's final year, getting fired midseason, and then the Vols uh, having a – What's best to be described as an up-and-down campaign under Jeremy Pruitt in his first year, you know, after beating Auburn on the road and beating Kentucky like they did, you know, they go and get blown out by Missouri and then by Vanderbilt to end the season. And then the disaster that started this year, losing to Georgia State and BYU at home, not competitive really at Florida, uh, competitive for a quarter and a half against Georgia, you know, pretty solid game against Bama, but – you know, Tua got hurt, and that was kind of a weird game. I just, I just don't know. I don't know where the progress has been, you know, so far. I, I did think them knocking off Mississippi State was pretty big, uh, and I think that they're looking at the Gamecocks this year or this game Saturday thinking that they can kind of do the same thing. Now, what they did against Mississippi State, they, they just kind of sold out to stop the run, Kylan Hill. Uh, one of the better running backs in the SEC. They, they bottled him up and tried to make Mississippi State throw it. Tennessee's defense was outstanding that day. They ended up winning the game 20-10 to 10 for their only SEC win of the season. Now, this team, I, I do think they have some players, and I do think they are dangerous. And when you look at it, it hasn't really mattered what kind of players one of the teams has and what kind of players the other one has. Or what kind of seasons they're having? That this series is tremendously close uh, in terms of competitive ball games. I mean, you look at it. Uh, there was a time from '08 to 2011 where there were four straight double-digit wins. Uh, three of them went to Carolina. Gamecocks won by 21, and then Philip Fulmer got fired in 2008. Lane Kiffin's only Tennessee team beat Spurrier in the rain one night, 31-13, wearing black uniforms. South Carolina won next year by 14. That was a game that was probably a little more competitive than it should have been. Uh, and then won a defensive <laughs> slugger uh, up in Knoxville, 14-3 to uh, in 2011. And then it started in 2012. Uh, unfortunate game, that game in 2012, Gamecocks and the Vols, because Marcus Lattimore got hurt and that was the end of his career. Carolina held on 38-35. I think that was Dooley's worst team or the team that got him fired. Uh, they were driving down the field. I think Justin Morley was the quarterback. And uh, Jadevian Clowney made a heroic play at the end. The Gamecocks won. Uh, that started kind of this back-and-forth field goal type games. To 2013, which is one of the most costly losses in the history of South Carolina football. Uh, the Tvalls upset the Gamecocks 23-21. The next year in Columbia, the Gamecocks had the game won. Tennessee stages a miraculous rally with Josh Dobbs, wins in overtime by a field goal. The next year, the Gamecocks could have pulled the upset. Tennessee held on 27-24 when uh, Jarrell Adams, I think, fell down uh, at the end of the game. Could have walked in the end zone. No, no, Jarrell Adams fumbled. I said earlier this week he fell down. He had the ball. He's going towards the end zone. He fumbles. Tennessee recovers. Gamecocks had come back from 17-0 down uh, to make that a football game. Sean Elliott's uh, interim stint was when that was going on. And then, you know, one of the best wins of the Muschamp era came the next year. Jake Bentley in his second start. I think it was 15 for 20. Rico Dowdle rushes for 120-something yards. Gamecocks win 24-21. They go up there the next year. 
and and that was the winless team. And and this this game that Carolina won, they held on. Tennessee sitting at the two yard line with four downs to win. Gamecocks held on and won fifteen to nine. Uh, ugly football game. You know, Tennessee was playing really, really well for the first half, and Gamecocks weren't so much. And then they found something in the second half in the run game. Ended up coming back and eking out a victory. And then last year, you know, Carolina came from behind. Uh, Vols were up 21 to 9. They had a good game plan on offense. Garantano was 27 for 39. You know, threw short passes all day. You know, Carolina had an early turnover. Uh, big play from Brian Edwards. Big, big game from Rico Dowdle last year on the ground. Carolina ended up winning at 27-24. That was one of the few games D.J. Wanham was healthy. And Wanham's played really well against the Vols uh, during his career. Uh, he made some big plays at the end defensively, and Carolina eked out a win 27-24 in Columbia. South Carolina has never won four games in a row against Tennessee. They've only won three games against Tennessee in Knoxville all time, uh, including the last one in 2017. Uh, so this is a game where, you know, it's uh, there's some firsts to be accomplished if you're South Carolina. I think that, you know, the Gamecocks are the better team. I think they're the lined favorite for a reason. Uh, I think South Carolina's defense matches up really well with the Vols' offense. They don't know who's going to play quarterback. I mean, it's either going to be Garantano or um, the uh, redshirt freshman, I think. His name's JT, JT Shrout. I think that's how you say it, Shrout, Shrout. Uh, never seen him do anything, uh, so I have no idea if he's good or not. He's a three-star kid out of California they signed, so it's probably pretty good. Uh, they need somebody to get their receivers the ball. Juwan Jennings is outstanding. They have really, really good receivers at the University of Tennessee, and it's uh, it's one of those things where I think if they were you know a little better at quarterback, there would probably be a little more success on offense. Jim Chaney, of course, former Georgia offensive coordinator who was also at UT for a long time, Returns to Tennessee this year to be the OC. A lot of mixed results there. Um, This is not a high-scoring offense. This is not a football team that can put a lot of points on the board uh, as things stand now. I love their defensive personnel in certain spots. I think they're good in the secondary. Um, Linebackers, you know, they're young, but they're good. Uh, The freshman from California, Henry Toto, is playing. Daniel Batuli is playing. Their defensive line's okay. It's not one of the best in the league, but it's okay. Um, I think South Carolina's offensive line can't have one of those bad days uh, and let the de- Falls defensive line tee off on them and, and make plays that maybe they don't normally do. We've, you know, we saw Missouri sort of confuse the Gamecocks up front uh, on offense a little bit. So we'll kind of see how that goes. But you know, do like certain parts of this Tennessee football team. Uh, I do think that. They're probably better than the team that lost to Georgia State earlier this year. Uh, and, and I think their kids are going to come into this game confident. I mean, you know, they absolutely had some good moments against Bama last week. Um, that's kind of a – if we want to talk about measuring sticks, that's a measuring stick for just about every program in the country. I, You know, I look at it and they absolutely probably – absolutely probably – come on, JC. They, they absolutely – do not think that they need to lose this game to South Carolina. It's just the mentality of it. Uh, if you're the Gamecocks, I think you should feel the same way. I mean, I think I think the Gamecocks obviously are the better football team. I mean, when you consider the results, you know, it, it's it's a deal. I know people were upset about 
losing to North Carolina, and you know, I, I still think that's a bad loss. But there's a big difference between losing to North Carolina and losing to Georgia State or BYU at home. Um, I, I think that obviously there's a, a big difference between losing by 31 in Gainesville to the Gators and um, you know having them on the ropes until the fourth quarter if you're the Gamecocks at home. I think the Georgia results in those two games speak for themselves. So, I, I you know, and, and look, comparing scores, there's no transitive properties in college football. It goes week to week. We all know that. But uh, I do think that if you're the Gamecocks, you, you have a right to feel confident. And quite frankly, I think you have a right to feel confident in the next three games. I know that App State scares the crap out of people because they beat Michigan a few years ago, and they're – Daggum good football team, and they beat North Carolina earlier this year, and they're going to want to go undefeated, and they're going to come to Columbia wanting to win and uh, get to a New Year's Six bowl game. You know, they're sort of up there with SMU right now trying to get there, and, and a win over South Carolina at Williams-Brice Stadium will be good, but that, that's in a couple of weeks, and I still think the bottom line is App State is a Sunbelt Conference team. South Carolina's better on both lines of scrimmage. South Carolina should win the game. Uh, if South Carolina loses that game, then they got out coached. Simple as that. <laughs> and uh, I, I think, you know, if you look at Tennessee and you look at how they've struggled, I mean, you know, this is a team that's gotten blown out quite a bit under Jeremy Pruitt over the years. So, over the last two years. So, I mean, this is not, you know, it's, it's not a bunch of close calls. You know, I think there were some bright spots in that football game against Alabama, but when Tua Tagovailoa gets hurt, you know, that's kind of an X factor. You know, that's one of the best players in college football all of a sudden that's off the field. And so, of course, I think you're going to you know, make some more plays. And the Bama defense this year hasn't been the same. I think it's still a heck of a defense, but it hasn't been the same. So, you know, we'll see kind of what happens. Um, but I do think there's reason for the Gamecocks to be confident. Uh, in their ability to go in there and pull out a victory. I think Ryan Holinsky is going to be a big, big key to this game for South Carolina. I, I think if you're Tennessee, okay, so what's happened the last three years against the Gamecocks? You know, 2016, 2017, and uh, then last season, South Carolina's been able to run the ball. You know, 158 uh, behind that offensive line in 2016 was pretty good. Um, especially when you consider Jake Bentley, I think, got sacked four times, five times in that ball game. They couldn't stop Derek Barnett. Uh, that next year in the 15-9 to game, Carolina found the running game led by A.J. Turner in the second half. Well, rushed for 194 yards, got out of there with a win. And then last season, the Gamecocks rushed for 232. Dowdle had, I think, 140 yards on 14. Average 10 yards a carry uh, against this defense. So, I think that's – if you're Tennessee, you're looking, well, how do we stop South Carolina? How do we turn these close games into our favor? I think the first thing you do is look at it and say, well, they got a true freshman quarterback. They're on the road. They're at our place. Let's try to stop the run just like we did against Mississippi State. And unfortunately for the Gamecocks, their best running back's out. Rico Dowdle uh, with a sprained knee is not going to be able to go. Turner's not going to be able to go this weekend. It's going to have to be Tavian Feaster and Mon Denson and the line opening holes and the Gamecocks coaches on offense figuring out creative ways to run the football for the Gamecocks to establish that run uh, against what I think will be a loaded box. Now, 
you talk about a loaded box. Well, you know, Florida did that last week with some success because Helensky was off. And so I think it's important for Ryan Helensky to have a game, you know, similar to how he's playing against Georgia before he got hurt. You know, he didn't finish that game against the Dogs, but he was 15 for 20. And that's that was solid. He was sharp. He hit a long pass. Uh, you know, they uh, after a couple of incompletions early, he really kind of heated up and it was unfortunate that he got hurt. But uh, I think he's going to have to go out there and find his guys. I think, you know, Nick Muse and Kyle Markway will be important yet again in the past game. Brian Edwards, Shai Smith, uh, those guys, maybe another receiver or two steps up. Maybe this is the week Xavier Leggett makes some plays. Uh, or Josh Van does some things. Maybe Chavis Dawkins, he's good for a big play every couple of games. I mean, he'll, he'll be the one that does it. But I, I definitely think South Carolina's going to have to move it through the air. Uh, in this football game just because I strongly suspect that Tennessee is going to try to sell out and stop the run Um, because that's what's really – that's worked in their only SEC victory this year. Uh, And I think that's kind of what works against the Gamecocks. Heck, why wouldn't you? If you look at the Florida tape, uh, I definitely would would try to do that if I'm the Vols. So it's going to be important. It's going to be important to stay balanced offensively if the Gamecocks are to win. Defense-wise, you know, depending on who plays quarterback, is it going to be Garantano? I don't think he's going to have a lick of confidence coming into the game. You know, Trout, out of his, uh, according to this article on GoVols 24-7, and what I've read about him, what I remember of him as a recruit, you know, they would chunk it all over the yard in high school. He's got good arm talent from what uh, Jeremy Pruitt was saying. And they say he's going to get an opportunity. Garantano, you know, I, I don't know. After last week, and everybody kind of got upset with Pruitt for getting on Garantano for going rogue on the play that, you know, was costly for them to get back in the football game. Uh, and I don't know. Garantano was a guy who never impressed me at all coming out of high school. I was surprised he did as well as he did last year. Thought he was more of a camp guy. There were a lot of things that people expected out of him this year, especially like his accuracy. This it just hasn't been there. He just has not played well. Now, whether that's changing from you know Tyson Helton to Jim Chaney, uh, or him having to learn a new offense, that kind of thing, I don't know. Uh, Pruitt says you know Shrout uh, is a guy, and this this would drive me crazy if I'm a Tennessee fan. You know, he's like. He's gone from an offense where they throw it 50 or 60 times a game, and now you got to do different things like change the plays at the line of scrimmage. I just, I just don't think that's a winning recipe in college football when you're building. Um, I think Will Muschamp's learned that. As up and down as the play calling has been under Brian McClendon, um, I will take what it's been under McClendon every day and twice on Sunday over what Kurt Roper was trying to do with the – aim, point, shoot, change the play up, trying to kind of be, I don't know, uh, more of an NFL-style offense. I just, you know, and even the NFL isn't running NFL-style offenses anymore. So that would drive me nuts if I were a Tennessee fan. You know, because what you're saying is, well, this guy's got all the arm talent in the world. He can go out and chuck it around the yard. And, you know, of course, you got great receivers at Tennessee, but you're, you're, you're saying, oh, well, that's not what we do. So I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's the way they can win. But um, Shroud's an interesting guy just because you just don't know, you know, what he's going to do. You know, new quarterbacks can come in and have a terrible outing. And there's maybe a reason he's third team. New quarterbacks can come in sometimes and give you a big lift. Um, Brian Maurer, I thought, 
a true freshman, gave Tennessee a big lift when he came in off the bench and uh, helped them play. Unfortunately, he's in concussion protocol and hasn't practiced at all this week. You know, so so what are they going to do? How are they going to move it against the Gamecocks? I I would think that what they would try to do is line up and run the ball. Um, and you know, the Gamecocks gave up what one fifty four against Florida last week on the ground. You know, North Carolina got two thirty eight. But again, that, that's a different style of offense, and that was an opener. Um, you know, one fifty four on the ground for Florida last week, but seventy five came on one run. You know, that, that featured three no calls from the refs. So I think Carolina's run defense, you know, Georgia has one of the best rushing offenses in the country. You know, Carolina, I don't want to say shut them down, but held them below 200 in that football game in their own stadium. So I think Carolina's run defense has been really good. I would be more concerned with matchups down the field with those receivers if Shrout or Garantano. Uh, happen to be on in the passing department because I do think that would you know that's Tennessee's got the ability to do that Jim Cheney's got the ability to dial things up too that can exploit your weaknesses you know so I, I think that's kind of the the bottom line uh, you know the, the long and short of what these two teams need to do to win uh, you know the weather in Knoxville is supposed to you know they're iffy I guess I, I, I assume it will be better than last week in Columbia for the game against the Gators, and I don't know who that favors or or not. You know, I, I, there's so many ugly games in Knoxville that the Gamecocks have won. You know, I, I, I'm going to go with history and say that, that I think, you know, an ugly game probably would benefit South Carolina uh, at the end of the day. Uh, hopefully, though, Ryan Helensky can throw the ball well and – the Gamecocks receivers can catch it, and you know Carolina can move it through the air. If Carolina's able to throw it, and that opens up the run a little bit, you know there is a scenario where South Carolina can win this one going away. I think just because I don't know that the Vols' offense is going to have enough firepower with the issues they have at quarterback and sort of the pedestrian nature of how they play anyway. You know, if Carolina's going up and down the field and putting points up, you know I. You know, I, I, just, I just don't know that Tennessee's going to have it in them um, to match that. So, you know, we'll see kind of um, kind of what happens. If the game guys do score 20 and win in Knoxville, that'll be the first time they've scored 20 in a win against Tennessee at Tennessee ever. Uh, once again, 16-15, 14-3, 15-9. to So the ugly ones have gone South Carolina's way. Uh, over the years quite a bit, but there's a, there's kind of a first time for everything. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I think Tennessee's going to come into this game with a lot of belief. This is their season, and in a lot of ways, this is South Carolina season too. South Carolina loses this football game. All of a sudden, you've lost to Tennessee and North Carolina, which you should not do. Uh, all of a sudden, you've also lost to Missouri, which you normally don't do. So that's three. Uh, and then you've lost to Bama, and then had a game kind of ripped out from you against Florida, which that Florida, you, you shouldn't lose to Florida either. You know, there's not a big bunch of difference between the Gators and the Gamecocks, uh, you know, as we've seen the last two years. Um, things just didn't go your way. And I, and I think that the fan base is a little more forgiving of that Florida game just because of the, the blatant nature of some of the, you know, officiating. Uh I think they're a little more forgiving, uh, a little more uh, less upset. Now, if Carolina was sitting here at 2-5 and five and hadn't beaten Georgia, 
you know, maybe that's uh, maybe it's a different story. But yeah, you go to three and five and you lose this game. I mean, it, it goes back to kind of how it was before the Kentucky game. I think, just in terms of negativity, how will the season end up? You know how you know you could still go. I guess on a four game win streak, you beat A and M and Clemson at the end of the year and get hot. Yeah, nobody's going to say anything. <laughs> you know, you beat Clemson and Georgia in the same year. I mean, everything's going to be fine. But I just. I think it's a critical game. I just, you know, I think, you know, if you do win it, you know, yeah, the SEC East is probably off the table barring some crazy zany, you know, four-way tie or something with a bunch of teams that have three conference losses. But you can still have a good year. You know, like I said, South Carolina should beat Tennessee. They should beat Vanderbilt, and they should beat App State. And you get to six and four, and you take your chances at A&M. I don't think they're a bunch of world beaters this year. And then you got Clemson at home, and you, you put it all you put it all into that one and, and let the chips fall where they may. And you finish anywhere from six and six to eight and four, you are going to be going to a bowl. You know, that'll be four straight years and make it a bowl under Muschamp. You know, I don't think that six and six was what anybody would sign up for at the beginning of the year, but you salvaged it and you got yourself out of – you know, a hole where, you know, you had, you know, inexcusable losses at the beginning of the year. Uh, and I do include Missouri in the inexcusable loss category because the thing about that game, yeah, Missouri may end up being a better team than South Carolina, even though they lost to Vanderbilt. Um, but the thing about that game was the offensive coaching in that football game cost them. You know, Ryan Haliski in his first road start in the SEC should have never been put in the position to where he's giving the other two, the other game, uh, I'm sorry, the other team two touchdowns. Should have never put him in that position. He rushed for, you know, six, 24 yards in that football game, and, and you've obviously got, had two capable backs. So I, I include Missouri in the inexcusable loss category. So that's why he started one and three. You, you got one of those back with a win over Georgia that was unexpected, but you're still behind the eight ball. You know, I, I think that. You finish six and six. You climb your way out. You're six and six, but it's not just six and six where you beat the teams you thought you would and then lost everybody else. I mean, you went to Georgia and won. That's a the signature win everybody's been talking about. And I think with how people view Georgia these days, whether or not they're as good as they seem to be or not, um, that's a big win. Yeah, everybody's talking about South Carolina football for a week, and that that normally doesn't happen. But uh, I think that. You know, if you don't beat Tennessee, then all of a sudden on the wrong side of the ledger, which is the inexcusable loss side, you know, you're going down, if you lose to the Vols, to the Vols and to Missouri and to North Carolina. Those are three things that just don't happen. Sure, not beating Georgia doesn't happen that often this part of this decade, but the Gamecocks sure as heck should expect to beat Missouri, Tennessee, and North Carolina. There's no question about it. So it's a big game. It's a big, big game for Will Muschamp and for his coaching staff and for his quarterback. It's a big game for the Vols, too, uh, because they don't they don't beat South Carolina. I think they're pretty much, once again, uh, that'd be six losses for them. Once again, they're kind of headed toward, you know, another abysmal year. They've only had four winning seasons in the last 11 five bowl trips in the last 11 years so that's not uh that's not a good stretch of football for Tennessee and uh, I think that 
they would like to, you know, get back to the postseason at the very least. So I, I think I think it's an interesting matchup. You know, I do think that it's probably going to be kind of a low score and defensive game. Um, I do have faith that Holinsky's going to be able to dial up some things in the passing game. Uh, I think the Gamecocks are going to have to run it. I think they'll run it fine. I don't expect a lot of yards or points uh, on either side. I think Gamecocks will play field position. Uh, this game has been decided by exactly three points, five out of seven years. Three points or less, six out of seven. Largest margin of victory was that six-point win in Knoxville a couple years ago. Uh, I don't expect anything different Saturday. It's just the nature of the game and the nature of this series and how close it is. Uh, I'm going to predict South Carolina 17 and Tennessee 14. And the Gamecocks will get to four and four and, you know, set the stage for them to get to six and four with two big home games coming up. Uh, and then let the chips fall where they made the last two uh, parts of the season. All right, kickoff, 4 p.m. Saturday. Uh, if you're in the Atlanta area, get out to Dive Bar Buckhead for the watch party. Doors will open at three. Uh, I want to thank two of my sponsors from the former podcast. Got a Give them a little love. Flowers Furniture in Darlington and also Nana's Porch in Charlotte for all your catering needs, tailgating needs. Hit them up on the website, nanasportclt.com. That's nanasportclt.com. My mouth waters just looking at the pictures of the barbecue and all the yummy, yummy things that they can give you. Also, that Flowers Furniture uh, deal, uh, I want to tell you that they uh, have very high-quality mattresses. Double-sided, not one of some of that one-sided stuff you get in the box stores these days. They're open 9 to 6, Monday through Saturday. Free local delivery and lots of great deals. Go check out Flowers Furniture in Darlington. Also, check out TheBigSpur.com. You can join for a dollar. Tony Morrell and I will be back next week to talk to you on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. I'll have another final word before the Gamecocks play Vanderbilt, plus some other special things as we continue to make this podcast, which is affiliated with 24-7 Sports, you know, a good option for Gamecock fans to listen to uh, each and every time there is a new episode. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. This has been The Final Word. Kick off tomorrow, Gamecocks and Vols, and we'll talk to you soon.